0: Amen. I'm thankful to have each and every one of you here tonight. Especially thankful, Amen, to have brother Nate Lawrence and his wife his not his wife, his daughter Miracle here with us. His wife and son Brendan are unable to be here with us tonight, but we're thankful that they made the trip from College Station. Amen. They're doing an awesome work there. I first met brother Lawrence 11 years ago, 2007. Texas Bible College he was one of my instructors there when I tell you they say a man that can wear many hats this is one of those men he's one of the most talented people that I know I feel like any instrument he picks up he can play it if you brought a banjo to him tonight he might can play that I don't know he's a phenomenal saxophone player drummer bass player singer preacher he can do it all we could have just let him do everything tonight and Amen. But we want him to do whatever he feels tonight in the Holy Ghost. I've been in services where he played the saxophone. And that was all she wrote. And I've been in services where he preached an incredible message that had people in tears and at an altar or shouting at an altar, whatever. Amen. But we want him to have his liberty in this place tonight. Would you welcome Brother Nate Lawrence? Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. But I do have a word from the Lord, and uh, it has blessed me. And that's what i found as a minister of the gospel. If it does you some good, it's worth sharing. And if it had not helped you, just keep that to yourself. God will show you what that's all meant. Amen. So if you would like to stand, I want to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter number 10, verse 3. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Verse number three, Amen. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. Amen. If you're not submitting yourself to God's will, that's where your trouble's starting right there. If you would just submit to what God wants, you'll see things will start coming together for you. Amen. That was for free. For Christ is the end of the law of the righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth. Everybody say my mouth. my mouth. When you said that, it came out of your mouth. It's also in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. You see, we, we preach to you the word of faith, it gets in your heart, but it's another thing when it comes out of your mouth. Amen. So that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. See, a lot of the world, they don't like to keep reading the Bible. They just say, confess, and that's all you need. But that's not the rest of the chapter. It says, if you confess, then something's going to happen. That confession is going to be made unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture has said, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Amen. You may be seated tonight. God bless you. I know where we're going. I'm just not sure how we're going to get there. Amen. Your your pastor can forevermore preach. Y'all know that?
0: Whoo,
1: I'm telling you. Just want to make a young man just rip out all his hair and just say, I give up. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I was in service with him in Katie at the McKee service. They had an 18-year anniversary recently, and we were there just celebrating with him. And your pastor threw down a great word. It was so exciting to see him and hear him preach. And uh, so don't come expecting that tonight. If you're a guest, this is your first time, come on back. Amen. I just want to whet your appetite tonight and assure you that God knows where you're at and what you're going through. I really believe, now look, there's better things I can do on a Sunday night than to travel two hours and be stuck on 290 for 30 minutes. I'm not here so you can hear me play, you can get a CD, but I really feel like God wants me to give a word to somebody's heart. I really feel that way. And I believe somebody can be the beginning of the miraculous in your life. I really believe that. Somebody here tonight is going to be transformed by this word that's going to be preached. Not me, by the word of God. I believe that. I believe a miracle can take place tonight. This morning I preached about uh, the folks that brought the man sick of a palsy to the house where Jesus was and they couldn't get in because of the press. And I, that's one of my favorite passages of scripture because when they finally break the roof off and they send him down before Jesus, could you imagine... He's teaching and all this dust is falling on him and, and all the hay and the straw is falling out. They were saying, "Man, well, this must be Hurricane Harvey or something. What is going on here? And uh, the guy falls down and, and is led down and Jesus begins to speak. And he read the hearts of the scribes, the Bible says. And he says, why are you questioning whether I can forgive sins or not? He said, but just so you know that I can forgive sins, I'm going to let him walk also. Amen. I'm going to do both. We are serving a God that has the ability to do all of that. Hallelujah. I don't know if it's a saying or not, but I'm hearing it right now. God is all that. God is all that young people would say and a bag of chips. Well, I'll let you have that. But God is all of that. We limit God and say, well, God, if you could just do this or God, if you could just do that, God can do all that and more. There's no limitation to him. No limitation to him. He we were built after his fashion. We were built. We were created in the image of God, were we not? You and I were created in his image. What kind of image was that? You go back to the beginning of time in the book of Genesis. We read that, that the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, I don't know how he said it. If he doesn't have a mouth, cause he's spirit at that time. But he said it, somehow or another. He said, let there be light, boom. There was light. He said it, and we are created in his image. That means when you and I begin to speak, things begin to happen as well. That's why you gotta be careful what you're saying. I was sitting at at dinner one time with a minister friend of mine, and we were just talking about some situations, kind of like Brother Long and I was kind of just getting into some ministry situations, and the pastor's wife spoke up and said, I'm going to change the subject. I don't like what I'm hearing. It sounds a little negative to me. So let's talk about something positive. And as a pastor and a man of God and a minister, I was a little taken back, but I had to be honest and say, you know what? There's some better words I could have been using to describe the situation. All of us get in that little situation where we talk negative and it's always down, but you got to realize something that just like God spoke and it was created when we're speaking about negative things, we don't need to wonder why there's so much negativity going on on in our life. You, you get what you're saying. Hallelujah. So the Bible talks about that word righteousness in our text. It's spelled right wiseness. And when applied to human beings, it means a right turning or an uprightness. It means that God can turn upside down lives right side up. Hallelujah. And in this passage, Paul refers to a group of people who are are unlearned of God's righteousness and they're trying to establish their own rules for righteousness. And as a result, they're not submitting to what God's how God's righteousness is a plan for righteousness. But it may surprise you how God's righteousness is ultimately expressed in a human's life. It is through your mouth, the Bible says. Do you see what I'm saying tonight? It's through your mouth what you say. Can we go on tonight? Ephesians 2 and 6. And he hath raised us up together and made us all to dwell in heavenly places in Christ. And then Ephesians 3 says to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers of heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. We're living in a day and time where the enemy wants to steal the confidence of the church. He wants to steal your boldness and confidence. One of the greatest ways he can do that young people is to get you caught up in situations that are embarrassing. So that way, when you're found out what you've said or what you've done, you want to go hide and you don't want to participate. You want to go sit on the back row. That's the oldest trick of the enemy. And let me tell you, he doesn't stop when you're young, when you're older, he wants to get you caught up in all kinds of mess. So when you come to the church, everybody knows what you've done. Everybody knows the stuff that you've been through. And so you end up sitting further back before long. You're not even sitting in church anymore. But I want the first perfect person to go ahead and stand up and say, Brother Lawrence, God kept me free from any problem, any situation. The devil is a lie. All of us have been through things in our life. If it weren't for the grace of God, there would you and I be. That's what an old-fashioned altar is for. I've never found a sin that God cannot totally forgive never found a sin that God cannot totally wipe away any sin any action any any uh, uh addiction God is able to not only forgive but he's able to wash clean to make new to make whole we were having a service amen in, in our in our church here recently last week I believe or week before and uh I was preaching and in that service I made this statement Is there anybody here that'd like to be baptized? You know, you get what you preach, they say. So I just began to ask just about every service. This would be a great day for somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. You say, well, Brother Lawrence, everybody here has been baptized. Well, I'm speaking it in the atmosphere then. I'm just getting me used to hearing it. I'm getting our people used to hearing it. We ought to come expecting somebody to get baptized. Y'all may not know this, but keeping water fresh and clean is expensive. I'm taking food off of my table to keep the, you can tell I'm not suffering, but I'm keeping food off my table to keep the water clean and make sure that it's ready. I can't tell you how many times we've emptied the baptistry, filled it up. Thank the Lord. We were able to raise money and get that filtration system again, because I donated one to another church. Now we got our own again. I won't ever make that mistake. I'll just buy them one. But it keeps it nice and clean, but it costs money. But when I started the church, my wife and I said, we're not gonna make the baptistry another storage place. We're not gonna keep hymnals. We're not gonna keep old Bibles. We're not gonna let cobwebs grow in there. We're gonna make sure every service it's ready to go. We got robes that are clean. We got towels that are dry because we're expecting God to do great things. And I said in that service, could you give me in that service? This will be a great day loud out there. But if you could help me out up here, uh, I, I said in that service, this will be a great day for somebody to be baptized in Jesus name. Anybody like to be baptized? And, and my, my two saints back here and my daughter can attest. She just came out of the pew, came right up to the front and knelt down at the altar. Just knelt down right there looking up at me. Said, okay, would you like to get baptized? You said, I sure will. So we went and helped her out, got her into a robe, went back there in the back. And as I'm getting ready to baptize her, I always say, when you get out of this water, you might feel your tongue start to go. That'll be the Holy Ghost. Just let loose. She said, oh, I already felt that this morning. I've already spoken tongues this morning. God gave me the Holy Ghost. You talk about shock a preacher. We're supposed to go in the same order, aren't we? You're skipping this order. Amen. I believe God believes in decency and order. But sometimes we order ourselves out of the plan and the will of God. Because we're afraid to say anything. We're afraid to do anything. God wants his church to get a holy boldness back. Where you can pray. You can prophesy. You can speak to the mountain. Hallelujah. Speak to the mountain. So we baptized her in Jesus' name. Her name's Cynthia, great lady off of the bus ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Did you know it's expensive to run a bus? Did you know you got to change tires on that thing and fill it with gas? When you got two people coming, you need the same gas as you got fifteen coming. It's a sacrifice for the kingdom of God, but it's worth it when you see somebody baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's somebody that's changed for eternity. And I began to talk to Cynthia. I'm so glad you got baptized. I'm so glad you got the Holy Ghost. We're excited that you're here. And I could share just the privacy of our conversation because you don't know who she is. But she said, I want you to know that it's taken me years to trust somebody to get baptized. I've never been baptized before by anybody. You're the first person I've trusted to baptize me. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to remove your trustability in your life. The enemy wants to remove your confidence. Amen. If you're half living for the world and you're half living for God, no wonder you don't have any confidence when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Can I just tell you, get out of that old nasty world. It's making you smell bad. It's making you look bad. It's making you act bad. There's nothing out there that's going to bless you and strengthen you like the kingdom of God will. The best thing you could decide to do is leave those things behind and press forward to the things that are before. I'm Press into the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Hallelujah. Has the church just lost interest in pressing for the things that God has in store? Has the church just got comfortable the Laodicea is what's coming to mind. The church of the most uncomfortable, comfortable, amen. I don't want to do anything that's going to make me uncross my legs. I I don't want to do anything that's going to make my tie get crooked. I don't want to do anything that's going to loosen Bobby pins in my hair. You know how long it took, you know how much rave I had to put in this thing. But I remember the old timers, they didn't care when you try to vacuum It's going to break the vacuum cleaner for all the Bobby pins that was flung out guys didn't have the ties on anymore because they was all sweat. Amen. I remember back in the day, the churches were so small, they would open up one door. You'd have to shout around the parking lot and come in the other door. Have we gotten so comfortable that we don't want people to think something's wrong with us? Hey, let me tell you, they already know something's wrong with you. That's why they came. They want an experience of the Pentecostal apostolic fire of God moving in that service. Hallelujah. They already know something's wrong. That's why they're here. Now, y'all better sit down. They're going to think something's wrong. They already know something's wrong. That's why they're here. They want something different. They want to experience something different. Come on, get your shout back. Get your dance back. Get your victory back. Get your confidence back in what God is going to do. He has a purpose for you. Hallelujah. Let me preach to the young people here this morning. Young people, you can turn this church upside down with revival. Two or three of you decide that you don't want church as usual. You start a prayer meeting up here. It'll turn this whole church upside down. You can be impactful in the kingdom of God. You don't have to wait till you got a license. You don't have to wait till you get that college acceptance letter. You don't have to wait till you get a scholarship. God is already ready to bless you and anoint you and use you to bring about a mighty revival. Hallelujah. Let me get back to my notes. Give me Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. This is the whole crux of the matter. Read this scripture with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall what? Are y'all hungry tonight? Cause what you say is what you gotta eat. What you say, let me talk to these youth again. I'm going to come back to you you all sitting up front. So you're in the danger zone. It's not just the tongue, but it's in the thumb too. Uh Uh-huh. That secret app that, you know, you can get and say what you need to say and then you delete it. And hopefully nobody knows you was on there. God knows these secret chat rooms and secret windows that you can just ease in there. You're not easing anywhere. It's gripping onto you. It's attaching itself to you. There are spirits. There are, there are things that are placed within the movies of this day and age. God help us through the music, through the movies, through, through just conversations. There's in you windows there. There's these signs and oh man, I can't keep up with the youth of this day. I thought I was avant garde, Amen. But this on fleek and all this kind of mess, y'all are on your own with that. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to pray and say, God, protect me. Do you know the enemy wants to destroy your testimony? The enemy doesn't like you. The enemy's not just upset with you. He hates you. He hates the fact you're here tonight. He hates the fact you're on the front row. He's waiting for you tomorrow, but I got great news for you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. You've got greater things inside of you than what the world could ever do to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just letting the Lord speak through me tonight. You don't have to go get messed up and shot up and and all of that so you can have a testimony. The greatest testimony is the one God gave me that he can keep you from all that mess. Hallelujah. You're talking to somebody that didn't have to come home drunk at night. You're talking to somebody that's never shot a drug up in his system. God can keep you and God can protect you. And I got a greater testimony. I got a greater confidence. Hallelujah. I'm not here to put anyone down. I heard somebody say, well, you said that yours was greater than mine. God can keep you is what I'm saying. I believe in the saving power of God, but I believe his keeping power is just as powerful. And as long as my kids are growing up in the church, I want the church to let them know they don't have to go out in the world and mess up to have a testimony. God can give them a testimony right now. They're in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death, when you look up the word tongue in that Greek dictionary, it says that it has the ability to create that tongue, when you speak, just like in the creation days when God spoke things into existence, it was born, it was birth. When you and I begin to speak things, it's being created in our life just as we're speaking. It's why we've got to be careful what we're saying to each other. The kind of arguments that we're having with our spouse, with our family. That's why I don't tell my kids you're you're nothing and You're a mama's boy or whatever else these arguments have in in, in a family. Amen. You're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. All that kind of mess. We use our tongue to build up, to edify, to strengthen, to encourage. Amen. You can be anything you want to be. Keep the faith. Amen. I'm proud of you. You look nice tonight. I like that outfit. Encourage one another in the Lord. You're going to get what you're saying. Hallelujah. And when you say you got a cold, you got a flu. Uh Uh-uh, I don't have a cold. It might be trying to get me. I'm telling you, have you seen on Facebook recently people posting, I tested positive for the flu like they got the lottery or something. What in the world? When did the flu become a disease you got to go get a prognosis over? Leave that stuff alone. (laughs) Hey, man, I don't, I'm fixing to lose, they're doing layoffs. I bet I'm the next one to go. You're right, because you just said it. What about saying, I bet I'm not going? What about saying, I bet I'm fixing to get a raise? Well you didn't know they're laying off. I don't care what they're doing, my God is in control. Life and death's in the power of your tongue. I remember when we in our we were in our second location, I was looking for property for our church. We were paying rent as much in rent per month. I, Over $3,000 a month we were given in rent, and that's about the payment we could have of owning something. And I remember looking for property. Oh, you couldn't even find it on a map. I mean, it was small. I made the mistake of hiring an engineer, paid thousands of dollars for him to really determine what I could build on this little triangle piece of property Property there is like eight dollars and something a square foot. I mean, it's expensive up there in College Station. If you're not a part of A&M, you're going to pay for it. So I'm looking to join. (laughs) Maybe they'll give a pastor a scholarship. I don't know. But I'm sitting here and it was all that I could really find in our price range. And I remember going to the platform. Our platform was just about half this size here in the front. And I had that piece of paper with the drawing and I began to shout and thank God for that property that God was going to bless us with. And I began to say, God's going to give us property. God's going to make a way. And my wife said, you know, I don't see how we're only a year and a half old church. They're not going to let us borrow money. You got to have years uh, of all of this vested interest. You got to have all these giving units and all this. The bank wants to know. And we don't have any of that. All we have is God. And we began to just say, God's going to bless us with property. God's going to do it. Amen. And, and long story short, God helped us find four acres on the highway. Amen. That we got in 66% LTV. If you do loans, that's a good purchase price. Amen. To be on that property. And now we're four acres right on the highway. Hallelujah. God can do it. God can do it. You got to set man, life and death. Is in the power of the tongue. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. He also said in Exodus 4, and Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since you've spoken unto my servant. But I, I'm I, 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 I'm slow of speech. I, 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 got, I got a speaking problem. Everything's tongue twisted. And you can't, surely you can't use me. What about Aaron? The Bible goes on to say, and the Lord said unto Moses, who made man's mouth? When God tells you that, you better just sit down and be quiet for a minute. That's not the time to use the one that God created. You just zip that one. Who made man's mouth? He goes on to say, or who makes the dumb? Who made the deaf or the seeing or the blind? And I love it when the Lord answers to the question that he asked. Have not I the Lord? Let me tell you, you're over here stressing about the questions in life. Can I just encourage you? God already has your answer. I want to say it again. God already has your answer. The best thing you could do instead of coming in here all disgruntled and upset and talking about everything going wrong is just to worship God. Let your tongue be used for his praise and understand God already has it in control. I don't have to worry about plan B or plan C. God is in control. He made the sea and the land and the oceans. He's got control of my life. He goes on to say, now, therefore, go and I will be with thy mouth. So you got to be careful what you pray for, because you're going to get it. Be careful what you pray for. That's why you pray. Not my will. You know how to pray better than the Lord. That's what he prayed. Not my will, but thy will be done. Sometimes you can pray your way into a big old mess. God, you say, well, man, God never answers my prayer because if he did, you'd be in trouble. He's not doing it on purpose because he loves you. If it's not happening, you need to say, God, if this isn't your will, change my heart. Let me pray for something better. He ain't dating you because God don't want him to. He's trying to help you. You used to play them games, you used to little, if he looks this way or she looks this way, that means that we're going to be, amen, we're going to be... Couple here, oh, are they looking? <clears throat> are they looking, trying to help the Lord out, you know. Hey, you know, just seeing. If you can... God knows that job you've been praying about and it's not coming through. Hey, just relax. God knows that's not the direction He wants for you to go. But it's big money, brother. Lord, I know big money's great, but big money can turn lives upside down. Next thing you know, you're working big hours. Next thing you know, you can't come to church. Next thing you know, your family don't even remember your name. What good is that money? I'm not your pastor, but I'm just encouraging you that your mouth, what you say is what you're going to get. You need to pray according to the will of God. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you a unique story about Moses, okay? You guys know the story of Moses and the children of Israel and how he was taking them out of Egypt. And you know the ten plagues. You understand the story and the death angel. And there was the Passover and they were borrowing all their neighbor's stuff, gold and silver and all. And they got out of Dodge because everybody was mourning the death of their firstborn. And so they take off running to the Red Sea and they have a sea in front of them, mountains on either side and a dust cloud's coming up behind them. You know the story, right? What's interesting is the conversation that takes place right in front of the Red Sea. Right? Moses is there. The people are upset because they are they got all this stuff they're carrying. They, they don't have their house anymore. They're upset that they're out here. They see Egypt coming. And they're scared to death they're going to die. But listen to what they tell Moses. Is this not what we told you in Egypt? Did we not tell you? To quit telling us that God was going to bring us out? Didn't we tell you not to remind us of God's victory? Did you bring us out here to die? Is it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? That's a lot of negative talk, isn't it? And if you're listening to the negative folks around you, you're going to miss the positive things that God is doing. What you miss in that passage is that Moses was already singing about victory before they ever got the victory. You remember Miriam with the tambourine? The horse and the rider thrown into the sea, he was singing that song while they were still in Egypt because he was speaking things into existence. He was using his mouth to worship and praise God instead of being negative. And because he did that, God gave him the victory. You know why that Red Sea parted? It's because God used Moses to sing about victory before it ever happened. Come on, you need to start using your mouth to praise God and give Him glory and exalt Him and magnify Him. Come on, why don't you do that right now? I love you, Jesus. You're able to heal my body. You're able to restore my joy. You're able, God. I believe you and I trust you. Everybody loves this scripture. Isaiah 59, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Huh? You could finish it. Couldn't you? The spirit of the Lord raise up a standard. Just need to keep on reading. As for me this is my covenant with them says the Lord my spirit is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth he was saying I'm going to give you what you need to say when the apostles were witnessing in the new Jerusalem amen and they were in the the new birth of the church they said Lord we don't even know how to share what you have done he said you just go and the spirit of God will put the words in you that you need to say some of you that are scared to teach a Bible study you just need to buy a chart in advance and just sit in somebody's home and let the Lord speak through you. Hallelujah. Can I pick on Sister Cheyenne? Can I pick on you just for a second? Stand up real quick so they know you're real. There she is. She's single, by the way. You could be seated. Sister Cheyenne works at a bank. She's just got one of those co-workers that you just hope somebody else is dealing with. One of them, one of them that makes you want to just transfer for fun, one of them co-workers. And she's been praying for her co-workers. She's been an example at her work of what a Christian lady ought to be and has been a witness and talking about the Lord. Finally, she's been praying and that co-worker came to her and basically said, you don't like me, do you? Something like that. Do I, am I saying stuff? She said, well, you want me to be honest? He said, yeah, he said, well, first of all, I don't like the words you use. You could be pretty filthy at times. The second thing is I don't like how negative you are. See, I'm trying to live for God and be a positive example. And you're bringing me down by the stuff you're saying. If you want to be friends, one of us is going to change and I ain't changing. Now, the world don't care what they're going to say. They don't care how they smell, or how they act. What is it about the people of God that we got to take a back seat to what God has done in our life? We're not being ugly. We're not being judgmental. We're just saying there's a better way that you can live. You don't have to live with all that. And let me just clear this up. It's not French. Excuse my French. I know some French. Parlez-vous français? And it's not in there. You don't have to support that. You don't have to laugh at that. (laughs) I'm not laughing at that. I don't talk that way. I don't want my kids to hear that mess. I'm a child of God. Amen. I want to tell you there is life and death in the power of your tongue. Instead of telling everybody your marriage is about to break up. Why don't you tell people it's starting to look better. I know nothing's changed. But at least you can create something in the atmosphere. My family's coming back to church. I'm not the only one living for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What would happen if you just came to church and wouldn't let nobody sit to you because your lost loved ones sitting there? Where are they at? Oh, they're coming. A little late right now, but they're going to be here. You see life and death in the power of that tongue. I remember a Sunday night, kind of like this, a lady came in, was filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, I want to get baptized. We took her and baptized her in Jesus' name. She said, hey, my son is a missionary. Would you mind calling him in Paraguay? I said, sure. My mom is Brother Hal's secretary. I don't even know how you dial Paraguay, but let's try it. So I found out that his number, dialed all these weird digits, called down to Paraguay, South America, put old brother Burr on the phone and said, brother Burr, I know you speak Spanish and I'm only speaking English, but I got to tell you something. Your mother received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus name. Brother Burr said, who is this? So it's just a assistant pastor of a church here in Mississippi. I just want to tell you what happened. Well, I have a hard time believing that's my mom you're talking about. I said, well, look. I don't know you and you don't know me, but she said she, that you're her son. Y'all figured it out. Now I have since went to South America and I've been in church with brother Burr. They're awesome people. But let me tell you why he was having such a hard time because he prayed for his mother for 30 years for her. And he said, out of all of my family, that was the last person in my family. I would have thought would have prayed through to the Holy Ghost and gotten baptized in Jesus name. Hold up just a minute. He said, Brother Lawrence, I got to tell you this. While I'm a missionary in South America, the devil has been bothering me for 30 years, telling me how dare you try to pray people through in South America when you can't even save your own family. And I said, I guess you can mark that one off your list now, can't you? And tell the devil he's a lie. Hallelujah. God can still do it. I don't care how long you've been praying for something to happen. I'm telling you, God can still do it in your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody needs to come to this altar tonight and declare, I'm going to teach 10 Bible studies this year. Brother Lawrence, it's April already. Well, God's got to get busy, don't he? Or Holy Ghost and get baptized. Or may you need to declare, I'm going to teach 10 Bible studies. And out of 10, one of them is going to get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. Or may you might just say, all 10 of them. God can do it. You might be suffering with a sickness or an illness. You've been going through for 10, 15, 20 years. You need to come up to this altar and say, I am healed in Jesus name. I am healed. Let me let me testify real quick. It was in a red hot, again, it was a Sunday night service. My wife and I uh, hadn't had any children. We were trying for five years, been married almost 10 years. And we're up here just believing God to bless us with a child. And so we're just sitting here minding our own business. A, mission, or a, a evangelist comes in and says, yeah, y'all too, come up here. Y'all been trying to have a child? Come on up here. And we're like, well, okay. So we get up here in front of God and everybody, about 500, 600 people in that service. And we're just standing here, minding our own business, the evangelist. I want to say it was Steve Zorich. That's pastor in Dyball, Texas right now. A good friend of ours, Steve Zorich, said, uh, hey, you want a, a child? I, the Lord just spoke to me and told me to tell you to just say, breathe. Yell breathe as loud as you can. Now, does that make sense to anybody else? Made about as much sense to us. And so we're up here, breathe, you know. Just feeling like big idiots, you know, breathe, you know, we're just obeying the Holy ghost. Don't make a lick of sense. But out of our mouth, we begin to speak in faith. Didn't make sense, but we just said it. Amen. Little did we know that that our miracle was just a couple of months from being born that we were going to adopt. Amen. She's here tonight. Little did we know her birth mother was testing positive for all kinds of drugs in her system. Little did we know that possibly the time we're at an altar screaming at the top of our lungs, breathe, that this little baby in her mother's womb was having a difficulty trying to breathe under the chemicals in her system. But because we had faith and because we spoke it out of our mouth, God says, I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to bless, I'm going to protect and there she is right over there looking as beautiful as ever God, here's what you're saying don't say how it's over don't say how you're getting ready to quit the church don't say how this is your last service you need to tell God I'm ready to do more for you than I've ever done before hallelujah hallelujah Let me tell you one more story. I could keep you here all night. You can be seated. I could tell you the story how God blessed me with my first car, gave it to me. I didn't pay one payment. I began to pray and say, Lord, somebody told me that you could pray and ask God for anything you need. Yep, you sure can. Anything? Yep. What if it's wrong? He won't give it to you. But I guarantee he'll never give you something you don't ask for. He won't do that. You have not because... Oh, I thought it's because he didn't have the power. I thought it was because you're something special. God will do it for everybody else. No, he said in his word, you don't have it because you didn't ask. So I settled that issue a long time ago. I'm going to ask and then leave it up to God. So I said, God, I need a car. second year of Bible college, I don't have a car. I need a car. So we came in to chapel service just like this. It was Brother Tim Wallace. Anybody know who that guy was in San Antonio, Texas? Yeah, he's a little wild card if you ain't ever heard him preach. Brother Tim Wallace got up in chapel in Jackson, Mississippi and said, somebody in here has been praying for a car. Who is it? Well, I didn't raise my hand. I was scared. He asked the second time who's been praying. So I had to be honest. I raised my hand. He said, by the end of the week, you're going to have it. And then everybody's hands went up, right? (laughs) This ain't deal or no deal. What is this, man? So, well, that's awesome, right? I expected to walk out of chapel and see a car with a red bow. Nothing happened. Went to my dorm room. But sure enough, a week later, here in college, you know nobody calls you, especially on them old landline phones. But sure enough, a week later, I got a phone call. The person on the other end said, hey, my wife and I have been talking and we just paid a car off. We want to know if you'd be interested in taking this car. No payments. You don't have to pay anything. Would you like it? Amen. I said, absolutely. Hallelujah. When I drove it back, I noticed everything I prayed for. This was going to date me. But it had cold AC, had a sunroof, had a tape pl- Hallelujah. Everything I was praying for, God gave it to me. I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for God to do. Speak it into existence in Jesus name. I'm praying right now for a hundred soul revival to come into this church. Greater life. Hallelujah. A hundred soul revival in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody speak something into the atmosphere. Come on, speak it in the atmosphere in Jesus name. Hallelujah. If you've got a sickness in your body, I want you to come this way. If you've got a financial need that you're struggling with right now, I want you to come this way. Hallelujah. There's nothing special about me, but I believe in faith that there's going to be a miracle take place. Hey, I have seen it. Let me tell you. I was praying and saying, I've been serving God all my life. I'm a fifth generation Pentecost. And I said, I got to be honest. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody raised from the dead before. Lord, I'd kind of like to see that. You better be careful because somebody's got to die for you to see that. But the Lord worked it. That just so happened, I'm back with this job, but I'm a chaplain for a hospice company. There's been about three or four that's passed away just on my way here today. And one of those started coming to our church and he began to come. He was suffering with a a disease of his liver. He was a severe alcoholic. He was only 36 years old when I met him. He was our town drunk. Really, he would drink until he would pass out in our park, our veterans park in in my community. And his name was Kylie. And I met him at the nursing home. Could you imagine visiting a 36 year old in the nursing home, jaundice, all yellow? And just when he came to church the first time, my kids were scared. Is this okay, dad? Is this guy, yeah, he's all right. He's just sick. We need to pray. Long story short, Easter Sunday, a couple of years ago, Kylie ended up dying, flatline, no pulse. I had seen his deterioration. His, his oxygen levels were dropping. I could go medically on all the things stuttering. He couldn't even walk five feet to use the restroom. He died. Amen. And I remember checking through the weekend. I was already telling my church, we need to prepare to have a meal. We need to get flowers. We need to be a good host church. We'll probably have a funeral. This will be the first one we'll have in our church. I was preparing them and I called him just to check and I said said, Kylie, where are you at? And he said, I'm at the park. Like park, park. Yeah, I'm at the park. What are you doing at the park? I'm watching some kids play softball. I thought you was fixing to die. He said, no, pastor, I already died. I flatlined. They couldn't bring me back. But God said he wasn't done with me. Let me tell you, Kylie got off a of hospice. Kylie is still living and doing good. Hallelujah. God can do anything. People don't come off a hospice, folks, but Kylie did because he had somebody that believes that nothing is too hard for God. Now, there's too many of you for me to come and anoint my hands, and I'm thankful it's not my hand that can do anything, but I believe there's going to be miracles take place at this altar. Every single one of you, whatever you need, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to tell God exactly what you need. God what you need. Come on. Some of you, you're you're having a hard time. You got to tell God what you need. Lord, this is what I'm praying for right now. And I believe it in Jesus' name. This is what you're going to do. Come on. And God, when you do this for me, this is what I'll be able to tell that you've done it. God's not threatened by evidence. Hallelujah. He said, faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things. God is going to bless somebody with evidence and you're going to know that God worked on your behalf right now. Come on, the ministry's coming. Lay hands on them. Speak it in Jesus' name. Speak it in Jesus' name. Speak it in Jesus' name. Come on, there's faith operating right now in the Holy Ghost. There's faith operating right now. It's done in Jesus' name.